my podcast Change, change Of course we're talking about change Of course, why not? So, I'm going to tell you the truth I'm going to tell you the truth too Here's my podcast Hey, what's going on everybody? Uh, it's Monday, uh, it's 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, happy that you all have joined um, yet again for another uh, episode um, coming to you from BSTL. Um, look, thank you. Um, some of you guys are really beginning to lock in. We're getting more viewership and we're excited about that. And i um, hoping that uh, some of these conversations that we're having here are helping you in whatever capacity you find yourself in. So let me jump right into it uh, today. Um, in May of 2022, so just a few months ago, um, we had our first ever leadership uh, conference, uh, BSTL Building Something That Lasts. And we had some really, really, really great presentations and presenters um, that were a part of the um, conversation. So. Um, there's a conversation that we had. We had a panel discussion as part of the tail end of the weekend uh, where we were just uh, putting out some scenarios, doing some case studies and trying to help to see how can we help leaders to like really thrive and navigate some of the difficult moments and uh, difficult situations. So here's what happens. Uh, what happens is, is that one of our presenters, and I always like to give credit, uh, if I don't come up with something, I like to make sure that I let the world know who said it. So one of our presenters, her name is Pauline Christian. Uh, she does a lot of work in the church, uh, nonprofit organizations, and a lot of great work in the black community. Um, she says something in the context of leadership. And, you know, uh, she was talking a little bit about uh, team building and some of those other things, right? So here's what she says. She says that your odd is your ad, okay? Your odd is your ad. And basically, what she was talking about is the importance of you being yourself in the context of leading. Um, when she said it, it kind of took me back a little bit um, because, you know, a lot of times as leaders, when we are looking for individuals uh, to partner with, we have this tendency of going into the search uh, looking for a specific type of person. Uh, whether male or female or whatever. Uh, you know, we have this way of looking and saying, okay, this person uh, may not fit because of the way that they are. And sometimes the way that they are, it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that the way that they are is not necessarily what you thought you were looking for. Um, and so therefore, there's this immediate uh, dismissal, even though you may not necessarily have a great or even a good reason for why that person does not suit um, your organization. So back to this odd thing being your ad, right? So what happens is like 16 years ago when I'm at the beginning journey of pastoral ministry, I was at a particular meeting with a bunch of individuals and we were just talking about ministry. And one of the things that I find is that at times uh, older leaders don't necessarily see the value of the new insight that younger leaders have. And I understand because culture can be a beast, right? So we know that there are situations uh, that are difficult to navigate. It's hard to change people's minds. It's hard to get them to see things in a different kind of way. And so 
out of our own losses and our own deficiencies, um, some of the war stories that we have as we journey as leaders, one of the things that happen is at times for some of us, we just begin to give up. And it doesn't mean that we're not effective. It just means that we may be losing some of our innovative edges, right? So what happens is as I'm having a conversation with an individual, they say, hey, you know, Andre, um, I think you're going to have a really good ministry, um, but I'm not sure how successful you're going to be um, because you like change and some of the things that you're probably going to want to see change, um, those things may not happen in the church because the church doesn't do this and the church does not do that. Now, in this conversation, I was a little bit deflated. If I'm to be honest with you, I was a little bit deflated because this individual, a high influencer, uh, this individual had had a measure of success at that point in in their own uh, ministry, etc. And so I kind of took a lot of what they had to say as almost being law, right? So what happens is, is that after that conversation, Uh, For years, I'm just wrestling with it. Like, what does that mean? Am I not going to be able to do something um, a little bit different? Do I need to conform? Do I need to, like, figure out how things are done around here and and comply to it? No. So what happens is after that conversation, once I get through it, and and I'm going through it while I'm thinking about it. So this is not something that took a weekend or two. Uh, or three. I mean, this is literally something that I have thought about for many years, okay? And and clearly, because I'm having the conversation now, uh, to some degree, it's still on my mind, um, and I'm thinking about whether or not it's true or not. Um, but so far, I think I could say with confidence, while that individual had a purview that might have been true for them, uh, it has not necessarily been true for me, especially as I lead and I try to do things that are a little bit different, a little bit unconventional. So when they say that, um, I say to myself, no, I think I'm going to try and do things a little bit different. Now, you're still getting to know me because we're on this podcast. Um, But for those that know me a little bit better, they know that I don't like to do things uh, a traditional kind of way. As a matter of fact, it's one of the reasons why I've embraced um, this pandemic the way that I have, um, because it kind of gave a little bit of a, a... opportunity to reset, uh, an opportunity to look at things in a different kind of way, an opportunity to kind of like let my hair down, uh, exhale and kind of think about where do we go from here, right? So what happens is, is that during this pandemic, I just made made up my mind, you know, no more ties, uh, no more dress shoes, you know, especially uh, when it came to like this initial live streaming thing, you know, there was a lot of running around. There were very few of us that were in the building, you know, so kind of, you know, you're, you're like running and learning on the fly. And so uh, these pointy dress shoes and, and these uh, expensive shoes that go along with your suit, I was like, I, I just need to abandon this. Now, I'm not saying that by taking a tie off or uh, taking shoes off, that was like the pivotal change as to how I do what I do. But the tie and the the shoes were kind of like, for me, the anchor that was kind of having me a little bit stuck. So what happens is, is that no, not only do I take off the tie and no, not only do I take off the shoes, I begin to start to think about how can I do things a little bit different? You know, uh, when you are leading in a very traditional uh, sense, at times you say to yourself, well, 
why don't you do this because people will be happy about it, but sometimes the happiness that people experience through the adjustments and the modifications that you make on their behalf, they're not going to be happy anyways. Like that's the conclusion that I've come to. Uh, a lot of times people are living in the shadows of what people have to say about them. Uh, they want to be embraced and endorsed and they want to be accepted. But sometimes that comes at like a real major cost, right? So during this pandemic, of course, here we are with I think our 12th or 11th uh uh, podcast like I never thought that I would do podcasting didn't think that I'd do a bunch of other things and I've been able to do that now here's the thing when I think about um, my life uh, pre-pandemic one of the things that has escaped me throughout the years are some of the things that I used to do that were absolutely fun and when I say fun I mean work is work but sometimes you can have fun uh, doing your work like I love to laugh like anybody that knows me uh, they know that I love to laugh. As a matter of fact, I've got friends that will say, look, I can find you anywhere in a crowd because your laugh, your smile, your chuckle, the way that you hold your head backwards, it is uniquely you, right? So part of the way that I communicate is using a lot of comedy, even in moments where it might be serious. It's not uncommon for me to say something that might be off-putting in that moment and maybe even borderline inappropriate for some because I use humor as a way to kind of like say something that would otherwise be a difficult conversation. It sounds a little bit better when you use that different nuance, right? And again, not every leader has to be like me. And I want to just say that part of the reason why I'm having this conversation is because I think that sometimes we look at certain leaders and we determine that I need to lead the way that they are because of the kind of success that they have. But the kind of success that they have is their personal odd or their personal ad, right? So what happens is you have some people who will never smile. You've got some people who are warm and fuzzy. You have some individuals who are extremely administrative. And then you have some other really effective uh, leaders that are chaotic. They don't have a rhyme or reason as to how they do what they do. But here's what I've discovered. Wherever you fall within the, 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 the spectrum, the reality is you will find that your distinctive differences, um, they still have a place but you've got to put some people around you that can now reinforce what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So here's one of the things that I know about myself, and I'm, I'm okay with it, working on it, but okay with it. I'm not necessarily the most warm and fuzzy people. Like, I care about people deeply, um, but I'm not necessarily the one that's going to be, like, saying all the time, I love you, and, da -da -da, you know, some of that stuff that people really like to hear um, because it just makes them feel good. I'm not necessarily the, that best type of person because I'm, I am an introvert, and here I am on a podcast talking, and talking is what you do on a podcast. But the reality is I, I'm not that kind of person. So if I try now to become warm and fuzzy and more personable than I am in, in my current state, 
then to some degree, even though I may be embraced more, I'm losing a little bit of who I am because I'm becoming something because perhaps I want to be accepted by others who have that personality trait, who have that personality type. And maybe what I'm trying to, to say here in this conversation here is that I wish that um, as leaders, we would embrace more individuals who get the job done but they don't necessarily do it the way that we are accustomed to. And I think that this becomes the real culture breaker, right? So what happens is, is that if somebody says that they're a president, uh, we think that presidents have to function a different kind of way. And maybe I'll even step out and say this, and let me give, give you the, the uh, disclaimer before I say it. Um, I'm not necessarily a Donald Trump guy, per se, in terms of his style of leadership. I'm not even saying that I agree with a lot of what it is that he may have done while he was the president of the United States. But one of the things that I do appreciate about him is that he was uniquely himself. And I know, I know somebody's going to be listening and saying, oh, come on, Andre, you got to be joking. Look at a lot of what he did not do well and what he did do well and uh, some of the chaos that he created. I understand that. I'm not endorsing what he does or what he did. I'm saying to you, you still have to have a measure of appreciation for somebody who on a platform of that magnitude literally was himself. Now, out of that experience, I think that for some Americans or even some leaders around the world that may have worked with him, uh, they might say, you know what, I may never want to work with his type of personality type. Or I'm sure that there were a lot of people that were like, look, I appreciated how he did what he did. He was trying to bring on change. And of course, the culture may not have allowed for him to do all of the things that he had in mind. But the reality is he was uniquely himself. Now, the same could also be said of Barack Obama. Oh, I used to love watching that guy walk into the room with his nice um, tailored suits. Uh, loved the way that he would put words together. I mean, he was a wordsmith. He was smooth. He was well-groomed. Um, he was able to make that dichotomy between when he's in the Oval Office or behind the desk, maybe signing off on a bunch of things that really would create like the magnitude of change or impact on the people that he was leading. I, I liked him uh, at funerals when he would sing uh, Negro spirituals to remind the people that even though I am the president of a very diverse culture of people, when I go to church, I am a part of that rich a Southern tradition, and I still know how to sing Amazing Grace, even though I've got to sign some things that may not necessarily be popular to some individuals. And the reason why I'm saying this is both of them are both presidents, but both uniquely different. And maybe this is the point that I'm trying to convey to us as leaders. One of the things that I'm looking for when I'm looking to work with individuals is sometimes, you know, you're like, okay, I need a, somebody who's this way, this temperament. Uh, they've proven to be able to do this. This is how they talk. This is how they walk. This is how they look. And so what ends up happening is, is that you create an entire uh, environment. You create an entire office space of individuals that almost look alike. 
And it's the nuances, right? It's the nuances in between. So to me, if you really want to see growth happening in your organization, yes, there are some skill sets that people need to have, right? Like I expect that an accountant is going to need to know how to crunch numbers. I expect that the financial officer is going to be able to give some visioning and forecasting as to how they do what they do. I expect all of those things. But does it matter whether or not they do it in a suit or in some slacks or in some jeans with a hat on or without a hat on? Do they have to be serious? Can they have music playing in the background? Can it be complete silence? Like whatever it may be, that person's odd is their ad. And the thing is, is that the creativity that comes with them in that moment creates an entirely different space, which actually facilitates perhaps in more individuals becoming um, attractive to your organization. Because here's the thing, when people go to work and they go home, they have an entire culture of community that they are connected to, right? So they've got the workspace and everybody that's in that workspace, they come from different spaces. They have different skill sets, but after they punch out at four, five, six o'clock in the evening, they go back to their real lives. And in their real lives, there are some people who talk about how their day was and one of the things that they like about their organization and one of the things that they do not like about their organization. And here's the thing. I have noticed from the outside looking in when I'm reading some stuff and watching some things on, on, on the television, there are some organizations that were doing well, but they began to decline because I think that they, they, they got to a place where they were looking to clone successful people. But when you attract a new demograph into your office, I would like to argue from this perspective, don't try to get people who are like the individuals that are leaving for whatever reason, whether they quit or they got fired or they're retiring, whatever the reasons are for leaving. When somebody comes on board that will move the baton for another lap until they are no longer there, you're not looking to duplicate what he or she was doing in the past. No, what you're supposed to be trying to do is create a new way forward that still embraces the mission and the vision and the core values and some of the objectives. Yeah, that doesn't change. But how we do it may change how we accomplish our goals. Like I remember in, uh, you know, at least 15, 20 years ago when khakis began to be like a real thing in the office like prior to that you had to have like dress pants and dress shoes and button down collar shirt and a small blazer and you had this office culture where everybody's got to be dressed for success but here's the thing there's a lot of companies that have now become um, significant players in the world of finances and their employees are at home they might have a tie on um, you know on camera but on the bottom of them, they've got like shorts on, they've got their pajamas on. And some of them, whether they're on um, camera or not, they have become very effective and efficient at their jobs because for the first time in maybe a whole over a hundred years, you've got now some individuals that are able to do their work their way. And it may not necessarily look the same way that it did pre-pandemic, but if the job is getting done, why are we trying to now erase, you know, uh, the odd that these people add to our organizations? So here, here's what I'm really saying. I'm saying to you, 
that if we want to see a new thing happen, then that also means that we've got to have new uh, personality types that also join the team. Individuals that uh, may not sound the same, look the same, may not even like the same food or music. They may be quirky. They may have their own way about them. They may be conservative. They may be liberal, but their odd is their ad. And here's the thing, sometimes it's that odd person that becomes like this central piece in the room that now adds to the conversation things that would have never been said before. So as a leader, one of the things I really, really appreciate is when I'm in a room and somebody disagrees with me on something that I'm speaking about passionately, but they add a little bit of a curveball, right? Because it's not just that we're looking for people that are so different that we don't get things done. We're looking for people that have the same excitement, same desire to see things move forward, but how they execute is completely different, right? So I've got, you know, um, a bunch of kids and I've mentioned them in the past, so I don't want to go all the way in, but they're three completely different personality types. They are nothing alike. I mean, they may have the same kind of humor, but how they go ahead and do life is completely different. One is more extroverted. Another one is way, way extroverted. And then one of them is like kind of in the middle, but in the middle or the extreme left or right, one of the things that I've discovered is I'm learning about leadership because I'm a parent, right? I'm learning about how to manage their personality types. And as long as stuff gets done, it really doesn't matter how they accomplish it. As long as what we are setting out to do, it becomes a thing and it happens for them right? So again, one of the challenges, and I think maybe I'm backtracking to the previous podcast around people that are often at the water cooler and having these conversations uh, that are offline and they don't always share in the room. One of the reasons, and it's not the only reason, but it is one of the reasons, but one of the reasons why the, the water cooler still exists in 2022 is that we have not embraced the reality that there are some people who don't think the way that we do, they don't operate the way that they do, but they are still as effective as the person who is traditionally exactly what it is that we are looking for. So if you are a leader and somebody comes and they don't look the certain kind of way, but they meet all of the requirements on the uh, resume and on the box and the work experiences that you're looking for, I would argue take a chance. Like, take a chance. Don't wait until you begin to see uh, things snowballing out of control that you're now going to say, well, you know what, since we're failing anyways, let's go ahead and try this because we have nothing to lose. I would argue that maybe you should continue to try to work with individuals who may not necessarily fit the mold that you're looking for while you're on top so that you can see whether or not the success that you are now experiencing is real um, success. Because if somebody who is different is able to join on and think about things differently and add some nuances to what you're doing and it does not impact your bottom line, then more than likely you already have a culture of things that are um, that is solid and it is working. But the more you take some chances with individuals who don't fit the mold, who may, may add some things that are a little bit different from what you are accustomed to, is the more you're mixing the pot up and you will create a new culture that allows for the conversation to move from the water cooler to the room. 
Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one, but I want to get to a place where when I'm in a meeting, um, change, um, uh, nuances, um, innovation are so in, in richly in, in, ingrained into how we do what we do that nobody ever feels uncomfortable by saying something that doesn't sound like how we normally talk. And so look, uh, believe it or not, we've had a, a great conversation and it's time for me to wind down. I'm challenging you as leaders and as I'm challenging myself consistently, look for people who aren't exactly the same. Look for some individuals that do things that are a little bit different and see whether or not you can't find a new way to do things. Don't change your mission. Don't change your vision. Don't change your core values. Don't change your objectives. Don't change how much money that you are putting towards some of the bottom line things that are important to you. Don't change any of that stuff. All I'm saying is let's not necessarily continue to create teams that operate a certain kind of way because we're so stuck on seeing the work implemented in such a way that we don't leave room for other individuals to come in that may do things do, do things a little bit differently but accomplish the overall goal which is to move your organization forward and let me also say this even though we often respect individuals that are ahead of us and they may have more wisdom and insight on things they don't have the last word it is true that what they say may be true of their own specific lives but it doesn't necessarily mean that their perspective on things is true based on where you are going um, in your life. And here's the thing, just as they have created their own niche on what kind of leaders they will be, I also do believe that God will create a niche on who you will be. But in order for you to be uh, whatever you're called to do, you've got to do it your way. So the how is, negoti is negotiable, but the why should be a static thing once you've discovered why you are where you are. My name's Andre Anderson. I'm both host and founder. Thank you for joining us. Um, and I hope that this one here will bless somebody who is a little bit nervous because you want to get somebody on board on the team, but you're not sure what everybody else will say. Here's what I say. Who cares? Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out, but it doesn't mean that your plan is not effective. It just may mean that that particular person doesn't fit where you're going. Until next time, I hope you enjoy this thing. This is BSTL, and we're building something that lasts, and we're building with you. Hope to hear more comments. Uh, send an email, bstlinc21 at gmail.com, and we'll keep the conversation. If you'd like me to come out and present to your organization. I'm open to that as well. Send an email. Take care. Until next time.